Welcome to the segment Life with Lily on the Raw Reality Podcast. In these episodes, I'll be diving into the health and fitness industry with a goal to inspire you to do and be better through motivational pep talks, tips and tricks, and of course, a side of lighthearted conversations. Let's get into it. Hello guys and welcome back to my solo episode Life with Lily. I hope you're having a great Thursday or whenever you are listening to this and I hope you enjoyed my first episode the other week which was why you are not making progress in the gym. If you haven't listened to that one yet definitely go listen to it but let's kind of do a little debrief um, about my gym and I don't know why but I feel like this is going to be a fun little thing that we do every time I have my solo episode because I feel like a lot of you are here because of my gym and my fitness journey and all those types of things because like I said the other week is it's literally like my whole entire personality and career and everything about me so let's give you a little bit of an update about that. So I started a new block on Monday which goes for eight weeks all my blocks go for eight weeks pretty much the exact same split I've got three lower body two upper body both my upper body days pretty much just focus solely on back and delts and like rear delts all those things but I literally never I probably do like one chest workout once a week but I actually don't even think my chest exercises in this block so pretty much I'm only training back and shoulders then I have two lower body days which are literally just focused on glutes and hamstrings and then I have a posterior day which is the back of your body essentially so my back my glutes and my hamstrings so that's pretty much my split at the moment I have two complete rest days and I don't do cardio don't really have a step goal just kind of whatever I get for that day so that's pretty much my rundown but crazy it's literally my last split before I go to Europe to Europe like anyways I just feel like that is going to come out so so fast before I get started on today's episode, I just quickly want to touch on today's sponsor before you speak coffee. If you know, I am a huge caffeine addict, honestly, more for the taste than the actual buzz itself. Before you speak coffee provides coffee with benefits, as simple as that, infusing their sachets with superfoods, vitamins, and minerals to support health and well-being goals. My favorite is the original or the performance caramel coffee with half almond milk, half water, and ice. They also offer decaf coffee sachets, which I love to have in the afternoons, as well as whole coffee beans, which I actually have been using a lot more now because I bought a fancy coffee machine. Use my code FITWITHLILY for a small discount off your order. Now let's get back into the episode. So today my episode is going to be on busting myths about the fitness industry or more so about the gym, nutrition, all those types of things because I feel like kind of like I said the other week, there's a lot of misconception about the gym and things can be thrown out left, right and center. So I'm just kind of give you a little bit of a rundown of things that aren't exactly true about the gym. So let's literally get straight into it. Number one is training in the morning equals better results. Wrong. That is not true at all. I feel like people like wake up early, they smash out the gym. You see on social media, like far out, if I want to progress in the gym, I have to go in the morning. If you go in the morning, it equals you are a successful person. That is not true at all. Honestly, my best lifts come from the middle of the day because I have a lot more energy in my body. I'm awake. I've eaten some meals in the morning. I've got the fuel I need to lift heavy and go hard. Sometimes if I go train at 5 a.m., I have zero energy because I've had like half a banana and I'm running off caffeine of pre-workout. I feel like weirdly jittery because I basically have an empty stomach and I honestly don't get PBs in the morning. I don't feel that good. Yes, 
I can smash them out majority of the time. And like, sometimes I do feel great, but for the most part of it, I've, my training sessions are best midday, sometimes in the afternoon as well, because I significantly have a lot more fruit. However, I do understand that a lot of you have full-time jobs. You have to train before 9am, but there is a big misconception that the people who are like jack shredded, who go to the gym are really fit, train in the morning. And it's not necessarily true. Some most of them may train midday in the afternoon. There is no specific time frame. It does not mean better results. You can train anytime throughout the day and you're gonna get the exact same results. Number two, sweating means you are working harder. No, I don't sweat in the most humble, I guess, way possible. Sweating comes from a lot of genetics as well. You'll have some friends who literally drip after they've just like done the warm up. You'll have other friends who like will start sweating when they do a high intensity workout. Or you have people like me who literally only sweat if it's like 35 degrees plus and you're working out in a gym with no air conditioner. I don't know why. I just don't guess I have sweat glands as much. I don't know. It's just type of thing, but it doesn't necessarily you mean it means you are working harder as well. So just remind yourself if you haven't sweat for that workout, it doesn't necessarily mean you haven't had a good workout. It just could be genetics. Maybe the air con's on. Maybe your body temperature hasn't lifted up as much for the day. You're having a lot more rest in between exercises. All those different things contribute to it as well. But just know that if you don't sweat, it doesn't mean you haven't had a good workout. So don't compare yourself to the person next to you in a group fitness session who's sweating bullets and thinking they're working harder because you could be equally working as hard, but you're just not sweating as much. Totally normal. Myth number three, if you're not working out for more than an hour, it's a waste of time. Again, so, so wrong. An over an hour workout doesn't mean that it's an effective or efficient efficient session. Some of my sessions only go for 45 minutes and that includes like a warm up as well. Sometimes all you need to do is go in, smash out your reps, smash out your sets and leave. Even if you're there, sometimes you can train for two hours and it's actually less effective than training for 45 minutes. It doesn't necessarily mean that you trained harder in that two hours because one, you could have been socializing, two, you could have been having more rest. You can get the exact same amount of work done in that 45 minutes to an hour than over an hour. However, sometimes Yes, some of my leg sessions go for an hour and a half, depending on my block or my split at that state. And then sometimes I only go for 45 minutes. The longer your workout is, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've worked any harder, any less harder, whatever that may be for you. If you only have 30 minutes in your day, 30 minute workout is so much better than not working at all. It's all about focusing on moving your body, getting in what you can and just doing it for fun as well. You don't have to go to the gym every single time to smash your body. You can just go to the gym because you love it and you love moving your body and progressing as well. So just your reminder, if you see someone post on social media that they just did an intense two hour workout and your leg workout was only 45 minutes today, that doesn't mean that your workout was a waste of time. You effectively worked the same and it doesn't matter. Stop comparing yourself to other people. It's not a waste of time if you work out less than an hour, as long as you are getting your body moving, you're smashing out, you're still pushing yourself. That's a big thing. You're still pushing yourself in that 45 minutes and you're still getting it done. So don't compare yourself to someone else on social media. Number five, and honestly, this is my favorite one because I get a lot of questions about this. If you don't feel sore the day after your workout, you didn't train hard enough. Again, that is so not true. 
At the start of a new block, you may feel like you have more DOMS, which means a delayed onset of muscle soreness. So you may feel a little bit more sore at the start of a new block if you try a new workout, if you try something new, if you go for a run or bikes, swim because your body's not used to that, you may feel more sore. But if you come from a workout and you're not feeling sore the next day, it doesn't mean that you didn't work out at all all especially towards like the middle of your block you probably won't feel sore unless you are really focusing on progressive overloading and really putting that muscle under tension it doesn't mean that you didn't work hard and I always thought that like when I got home from a really hard session I was like oh I'm gonna wake up so sore the next day and then if I didn't wake up sore I would actually be a little bit down on myself and be like oh maybe I didn't work as hard as I thought but it's not true at all maybe my recovery was actually just a lot better than usual too so that can be a sign of poor recovery if you have sore muscles for a prolonged period of time maybe nutrition isn't up to scratch maybe you're sleeping not well maybe you haven't had much magnesium in your diet or maybe you're more stressed as well all these different things factor into why you may be sore the next day so just go to remind yourself that if you are not sore after a really intense workout it doesn't mean that that intense workout went to waste it just means that your recovery was actually better than maybe it usually was too the other thing is that sometimes if you've had a workout I just kind of want to quickly touch on this as well it doesn't necessarily come from a myth but sometimes people leave the gym and they're like oh I could have actually worked a lot harder. I've done that session three times through. And yes, I did touch on this, if you, like the other solo episode that you need to train with intensity. But I also want to remind you that not every session you have to smash yourself through the ground and feel like you're dying or want to cry in every set. You really don't need to do that. I actually had this discussion with a client the other day and they were trying to figure out the intensity to push. And I said, you don't want to ruin your central nervous system or your CNS system every single session because your recovery rate will be significantly lower. Some sessions, yes, are going to be a lot easier than others. And you can walk out of that and just be like, oh, I could have actually done that session another time through. But it's important to have those sessions where you are really pushing yourself and training with intensity. But it comes to also overall consistency. As long as you are still focusing on doing the exact same strength and reps that you did the last week, you're not dropping them. Maybe you're not progressing. So maybe you didn't get any PBs that day, but you're still hitting the same amount of sets and reps as you consistently normally would be. That is sometimes enough. And then just make sure that next week you are upping the weight. So it's also just reminding yourself not every single session you have to be burning yourself to the ground because that is not true at all. It's just about finding that balance as well. So overall, myth number five, if you are not sore the next day after a workout, it doesn't mean that it didn't count. It just means that your recovery was better or all those different types of things. Um, And also with myth number five, The reason why you may be significantly sore after you're trying a new block, a new exercise, new movement, or workout, those types of things, is because your muscles are stretching in ways they haven't actually stretched before. So what soreness actually is, it means your muscle fibers are tearing apart. Sounds a little bit gross, but if you're sore, it means your muscle fibers have torn apart and they're getting put back together right? So that is what muscle soreness actually is. And that is why you might find yourself significantly sore after specific workouts that you haven't done before or haven't done in a while because your muscles aren't used to tearing that way and being put back together, right? So that is why you might feel a little bit sore at the start of a new block because you aren't used to those exercises and they are being put under different types of pressure than they are used to. So that's just kind of a little bit of information inside scoop as to why your muscles might be feeling sore. 
Okay, let's move on from that one. Myth number six, don't eat carbs after 7 p.m. because it will make you fat. Come on, we're past this. We're well and truly past this. It kind of comes from keto as well. I feel like a lot of people had the misconception that after 7 p.m., if you ate carbs, you're not like it's going to turn straight into fat. Like, does your body really know if you eat a banana or a piece of bread at 7.05? It's like, oh, it's 7.05. Better not use this as energy. Better go put it, store it straight as fat into my body. No, it doesn't know if it's 6.55, if it's 7, if it's 7.15. It doesn't care. It doesn't know. You can eat a whole bowl of pasta at 10 p.m. Your body is still going to digest it the exact same way as it would as it would at 1 p.m. Okay, your weight might be up in the morning only because your body hasn't digested it because you've literally been horizontal the whole night. So it actually hasn't utilized that energy as fuel yet. And then maybe throughout that day, you get to use that glycogen in your body. Your sessions may feel a lot better, but overarching goal here or overarching thing here, you're not going to put on weight if you eat carbs after 7 p.m. I'm really passionate about that because people still say it. When I worked at BodyFit last year, I actually had people tell me that like they wouldn't eat specific carbs after a certain time or they wouldn't eat carbs throughout the day because they thought they were going to put on weight. And it's just so false. It's real. Like, and I just try to want to educate so many people as much as possible because carbs is your main source of energy. You need carbs to survive. It's literally your main source of energy for daily functions. Forget exercising. Even if you're not exercising, you need carbs for energy to make your bed, to do the dishes, to go grocery shopping. You need carbs to function as a human being. Anyways, let's move on for that one because that's going to get me fired up. (laughs) Myth number seven, you can target fat to burn in a specific part of your body. No, and I think we all know this by now as well. We can't spot reduce fat. It really honestly comes down to majority genetics. Everyone's going to hold fat and a different part. Your friend may hold fat or majority of their weight in their lower body. They may have a fat dumpy ass. They're going to hold it in their glutes. And then you have other people who are going to hold it in their upper body. Maybe they hold it in like their back, their chest, their arms. It is honestly completely different or their midsection. So bottom line is everyone holds fat in different places and you cannot control it as much as I know you want to. You can't. So don't go to the gym and just literally, um, I don't know, do side leg raises what are, I don't even know making up exercises here but don't do a specific exercise to specifically spot reduce fat you can a hundred percent target muscles to grow so if I'm doing hamstring curls obviously I'm going to target my hamstring to grow that muscle but it doesn't mean that I'm growing to lose fat off my back of my legs that's not how it works you're targeting the muscle you're not targeting the fat okay so myth number eight is the more calories you burned equals the more effective workout. No. Again, all my answers are no because we know that all of these aren't true, but it is so far from true. If you were looking at your Apple Watch and dictating if you had an effective workout based on the calories burned, just throw it in the bin. Throw it in the bin. See you later. It's not true because everyone is different. It depends on your body weight. It depends on your heart rate. It depends on the Apple Watch as well. And it depends if you're male or female, especially if I work out with my partner, Geordie. He literally, we can do the exact same workout, equally work as hard. He will literally burn over a thousand calories and I'll burn 200 calories. It is what it is. And also significantly, it depends on your heart rate. Some people can naturally have a lot higher resting heart rate or have a lot lower resting heart rate. And the Apple Watch 
watch only dictates the calories burned off your heart rate. So if it goes up, it's going to burn more calories. If it's lower, it's going to burn less calories. I naturally have a lower calorie, uh, sorry, I naturally have a lower heart rate. So majority of my workouts, my heart rate doesn't actually get as high unless I'm doing a significantly hard exercise like barbell reverse lunges or compound movement. If I'm doing accessory based movements, which let's say on Monday, my workout was severely was solely focused on accessory movements, doing a lot of single leg exercises, my heart rate isn't getting that high because there's a different kind of push. I'm really burning out that like glute or that single hamstring, but it's not taking a toll on my cardiovascular system. So my heart rate isn't going higher compared to if I'm doing trap bar deadlifts or barbell reverse lunges, my heart rate is going to elevate because I'm using my whole entire body. And honestly, it feels like cardio at that point. But just like know that majority of my workouts, I don't burn over 300 calories at all. And that's based on my Apple Watch. I probably burn way more or I could burn way less. Your Apple Watch is very, very inaccurate in regards to your heart, um, in regards to how many calories you have burned because it doesn't take into account many things. A Garmin is a little bit more accurate. But then again, even if you haven't burned that many calories, it doesn't mean if you've had an effective workout or not. You still got your body moving. You still got your heart rate up. You still feel good. Your muscles stimulated and all those different things. So don't think that like, let's say you've burnt 280 calories. It's like, oh, I'm going to do one more set just to get to that 300 calorie mark. Don't do that. We're not doing that. It's 2023. We've moved way past that. Focus on how you are feeling in that moment. And if you are really attached to your Apple Watch, I'm going to have a little challenge for you, but don't wear it your next workout and see how you go because you still get the exact same workout in. Your muscles are still stimulated. You're still progressing. You're just not dictating your whole workout off your single Apple watch. So bottom line is the more calories you burned doesn't mean it was a more effective or efficient workout. So keep that in mind. The next time you compare your Apple watch to your friends, if theirs is higher, it doesn't mean you worked less, right? I always had a friend again, like, but this is more of a girl point of view. My friend called Maddie um, from Melbourne. She is a beast, but she also, we can work the exact same intensity, but I swear to God, she always burned like 400 more calories than I did. And at the start there, I kind of would get a little bit like down on myself because I was like, oh, maybe I'm not working as hard as I thought I could, which a lot of the time you can push a lot harder, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that my workout was less effective. We did the exact same exercises. I still progressed in a lot of my weight, pushing myself, working to failure on some reps. It just literally was what my Apple Watch said and it is inaccurate. So just keep that in mind when you are comparing your Apple Watch to your friends next time after you've finished. Okay, let's move on here. Oh, this one is a goodie. Myth number nine, eating fat will make you fat. No, 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 no. Fat um, fat source or like macros in terms of like fat, it is so important for hormone health, especially for females. It is very important that we do have fat in our diet for omega, for omega-3, for to keep all our hormones balanced and all those types of things. If you have lost your period, a lot of times your fats, if you are tracking your calories, your fats will get put a lot higher to get your period back essentially because you need all those good fats to balance out your hormones. So just keep that in mind as well. Next time you are looking at certain ingredients, don't opt for the less fat option just because you think fat is going to equal fat because it doesn't at all. It literally, the more fat you have in the diet, it means you've got more healthy hormones. It means everything's balanced. You need fat again to survive. All macros come down to survive survival factors. If we cut a specific food group out, it just means that you're taking away that energy and your normal health for your human body to function. So 
eating fat actually equals good hormones, not eating fat equals fat. That is like put a big cross out of that because that is so far from the truth. It is ridiculous. <laughs> okay, myth number 10. Ooh, okay. Booty band workouts help grow your glutes. Now, let's get something straight here. Booty bands are effective for specific exercises to help target a specific, like to help activate your glutes essentially. So if you're doing hip thrusts, I love putting a band around my knees or I tell my clients to put a band around their knees to really focus on their outer glute. So it does, so you are pulling your knees out. So you are keeping your mind your mind to muscle connection is activating that glute. However, if you are just doing banded kickbacks, banded crab things, banded crab walks, that isn't going to grow your glutes at all. That's just an activation exercise before you need to go lift heavy, right? So you need to actually be lifting quite significantly heavy in the gym to grow your glutes. Focus on glute exercises. Whereas that's like slightly bend your knees and RDLs, do hip thrusts, do many variations of hip thrusts, many variations of um, RDLs. You've got your B stance RDLs. You've got your barbell, your single leg RDLs. You can do them on the Smith machines using dumbbells, kettlebells. There's so many different variations you can implement, but the heavier you go, the more muscle that will be grown onto significantly your glute. And it's also training your body. I'm also very quad dominant. So a lot of my quads have taken over in majority of my glute exercises and I have to really focus on switching on my glutes and turning off my quads in a lot of my exercises, which means I actually go down in a lot of weight for significantly hip thrust actually, because if I stay, go really heavy, my quads take over because they're my stronger muscle groups. They're like, oh, this is my turn. I'm up here, but I need to go that little bit lighter so I can really focus on using my mind to connect to my glutes and think, okay, I'm really focusing on only using my glutes here and slow and controlled. Honestly, slow and controlled movements is what is going to get you the most growth as well if you're powering through that movement you're actually using your whole body to get that bar up rather than focusing on going slow and really controlling the tempo to just target your glute yes it may be boring but sometimes boring equals better results as well so just keep that in mind next time you are in the gym to really try and focus on progressive overload on heavy weight exercises and not just stay in the corner and do booty band exercises as much as I know that is comfortable and safe if you want to grow if you want to develop you have to lean into being uncomfortable to grow your glutes i'm just going to quickly like skip to another one here but like lifting makes you bulky and this kind of ties in together it's not true at all right and we all know this by now if you like i'm trying to get bulky i'm trying to get on muscle right and it's so freaking hard it takes so long to grow muscle so just know that you have to be eating thousands of calories and you have to be training so hard for years on years on years to grow muscle a few months in the gym of eating moderate calories and lifting heavy weight is not going to make you bulky or look like a man at all it's going to make you look more feminine it's going to make your body shape nice or more aesthetically pleasing if that's what your goal is as well you're going to actually define muscles and grow them in the way that you want as well if you're specifically focusing on lifting heavy so if you really want to grow muscle and tone you need to be lifting heavy so don't steer away from those movements that scare you that if you think you're going to like get bulky like deadlifts or squats or things like that because it's not at all i promise you i've been trying to get bulky for years and it's not working so you need to really focus on progressive overload and lifting heavy because it's so far from the truth it doesn't make you bulky at all okay here is my last myth for today training abs equals getting abs or getting a six-pack 
and it's not true. And obviously there's a certain level or a certain extent where you need to train abs to actually develop that muscle group to get strong for compound movements and for stability and balance and all those different types of things. But it also comes down to significantly genetics and also your diet. So if you train abs every single day, it doesn't, it's not going to equal to you just developing a six pack over the next few months, right? It's not going to just come out of nowhere because you've been training abs. I actually, I'm going to get, let you on a little secret here. A few years ago, I had a five or six minute ab routine that I did every single day for two and a half years straight. And yes, I think I missed two days out of those two and a half years. I'm not proud of that. It's just something that I did. And I swear we all have these little things that we kind of have lived through and grown through. But that was mine. I did do the same ab exercises for six minutes a day for two and a half years straight. Yeah. And that didn't get me abs. At that time, I didn't grow a six pack that I could see from a mile away at all. At that time, I actually didn't have um, a six pack because I wasn't training properly. I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't um, bracing in my lifts properly. The best thing that will develop your core is actually compound movements because you have to brace really hard. You have to squeeze in your core really tight to lift those heavy compound movements. And that is why I also like my clients to train core once a week to help them and to assist them with compound movements not to develop a six pack for aesthetics right it comes down to stability and you need it to brace correctly so you don't injure yourself if you don't have a strong core strong core if you don't have strong deep core muscles you're actually going to hinder your lower back as well so training core is important to reduce injury, not to grow an aesthetically pleasing six pack, right? So just keep that in mind next time you're training core, remind yourself this is actually gonna benefit in my lifts more so than for the aesthetic reason. And what I mean when it comes down to genetics solely, let's say I have a friend and she trains core every single day, her diet spot on and everything. If her genetics don't allow her to have a six pack, she's not going to have one. It's just what it is. Whereas you can have another friend who literally never trains abs and has a defined six pack because of their genetics. It's like people who have maybe a broader arm shoulders through genetics, or they have a juicy glutes and they don't even train in the gym, but it's just genetics. And that's honestly what it comes down to is a lot of muscle within your body and the way it grows is genetics. Yes, there can be a role that you train specific muscle groups for specific reasons to grow that, but it honestly all comes down to genetics at the end of the day. And it is a lot harder for me, let's say, to tr- grow glutes because I don't, like my whole family, we don't have glutes. It's not a thing, but I can grow my upper body really easily because my whole family has a really strong upper body through genetics. Exactly the same as the core or as a six pack. It comes down to genetics and diet also comes into play with it as well. Okay, so that was today's episode. I hope you guys all enjoyed busting a few of these myths about the fitness industry. I know you all loved my first episode about why you're not making progress in the gym. So I kind of want to keep my episodes more gym related as I really feel like you guys can relate to that a lot more than just like lifestyle things as well but if you have any suggestions or any specific episodes that you want topics to cover in my episodes let me know send me a dm on instagram and I'll be sure to include it next time because it's actually so hard to think of new topics with like if you're doing it twice a week like we've got our solo episodes and then we've got Tori and I's episode together on a Monday 
like we've nearly been doing this what's this episode i think this one will be the 39th episode 39 different topics is hard so we're just still trying to think of all different topics to keep things interesting we don't want to touch on things too many different times as well so if you guys have any other topics let us know but i hope you really enjoyed this episode today go smash out your thursday have the best weekend as well have the best gym session feel good all those different types of things um but other than that i'll be in your ears next week Love you all and I'll speak to you later. Bye.